Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Casey with Two Worlds Podcast, and with me in person is the Finn the Human to my Jake the Dog, and I know that is very confusing because his name is Jake, and my name's Finn, apparently. It's my buddy Jake. How you doing, bud? I'm great, man. It's so cool to do this in person for once. I know. We get to stare into each other's eyes. It's yes. very we're, romantic. We're like, our faces are two feet apart right now. It's great. Using only the one microphone, <laughs> so we have to. We also want to, oh, but yeah. it would happen either way. <laughs> All right. Well, let's hop into some news. I will start. In November, there's going to be a lock and key and Sandman crossover. Um, it's titled Lock and Key Sandman Hell and Gone. Uh, number zero is to lead up to the mini series. I don't know if it's going to be just like a cheaper preview thing or if it's going to, you know, actually be the proper start to the series. Uh, but that will be by Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez with consultation by Neil Gaiman. That's pretty cool. Uh, I only read a little bit of Sandman and couldn't really get into the lock and key comics but the show's pretty awesome so i mean that should be exciting yeah i've actually i've never read or watched lock and key although i heard the show was pretty good um but that kind of just seems like up joe hill's alley yeah so it, it should be cool if you like one or both of those things um so i saw a rumor and it, this is like take it with a grain of salt i was scratching the bottom of the barrel to get news today so but the rumor is Michael Fassbender is the leading candidate to play Reverse Flash. I'm not sure if I really like that casting, mostly because, to me, Reverse Flash should be very similar to Flash. And if you compare Michael Fassbender to Ezra Miller, you're having some problems. <laughs> if you compare him to anybody, you're having problems because <laughs> he is dreamy. Well, I mean, John Hamm, if you want to go with a much, much older Barry Allen, he, the, him and Fassbender are similar enough that that would work. Sure. I, uh, I mean, is that going to be for the, just a Flash movie or? I'm, ass- you- I'm assuming it has to be for the Flashpoint movie because I, I don't think you can do that without Reverse Flash. Can I just say that I sure am sick of Flashpoint at this point. Yeah, well, someone mentioned something on the internet that was really interesting to me and it makes a lot of sense. The whole reason why Flashpoint gets kind of like... W- it made into a bigger thing to make movies and TV shows and all that other stuff off of is because Jeff Johns is the head of the creative stuff and he gets a kickback. That's the same reason why we saw the trench in Aquaman. It's like all of his stuff. Cause he's getting double the money for it because you know, royalties and all that. So like I read that, I'm like, that's a good point. And think about that. And I, uh, I didn't think of the royalties part, but I 1000% thought that all that was happening because he's the head. Yeah. But like you hear stories about the royalties, like, uh, Jim Starlin was talking about this. He got paid more for having the KGB, uh, KG beast in, um, I think it was Batman versus Superman. There's a Russian guy that's the KG beast, but it's like not the KG beast. But since they use that name, he got paid more for that than he did for Thanos. Wow. Yeah. He's like, I've not even seen the movie, but I'm happy with the check. (laughs) (laughs) That is crazy to me. Yeah. So just think about what Jeff Johns is getting paid in royalties. (laughs) Yeah. Well, when you're in charge, you have to make those decisions, right? Um, This isn't really comic book news, but I was so excited I wanted to mention it. Anyway, G4 TV is coming back. They put out a tweet this week. 
Um, it was a cool like one minute video. You hear the noises of the original Pong video game and it zooms into a TV screen where Pong is just going and the score is like some ridiculously high number like it's been played for years. And then it says, incoming transmission, we never stopped playing. And I guess that means we're getting G4 back in some manner. I don't know if they'll be like their own web thing or, you know, if it'll yeah. be just like a channel you get on your smart TV. But I, I know you're the same way. I watched it all the time when it was on, and I'm very stoked to have that come back. I am too. And we need to start tweeting them. All four of our Twitter followers need to start tweeting them too say we get we, you know we want these guys to have a show on there you don't even have to pay them <laughs> they'll just do it yeah they'll just be they'll just be happy to be there <laughs> so i did want to ask then what was your favorite g4 uh show it would have been attack the show towards the end like it started off x play and then it was then it was just like I don't really because at first I was like I don't like Kevin Pereira he's stupid and then like I just randomly start watching Attack of the Show I'm like okay, he's pretty great <laughs> and then I just really liked it what about you man it was it was probably X Play was the one I watched the most um, I did watch Attack of the Show a lot but X Play was just like them playing all the games I wanted to play so yeah. I got to see firsthand what that was like and and I know that that's probably not like a necessity nowadays with the internet being the way that it is but i would still watch it Mm -hmm. so uh jeffrey dean morgan has stated michael keaton has taken his role in flashpoint he said it more jokingly than that but i don't you know i'm not able to make jokes apparently um but said there's still always a chat going on so we'll see he can also kind of mention how like when Zack snyder got the boot a lot of you know his stuff kind of got the boot too so We'll still see. I kind of want both to be part of the Flashpoint. Like, there's no reason for it not to be. You could have, you know, Batman Beyond, Bruce Wayne, and Thomas Wayne. So I don't see any, you know, any reason for it not to be. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, the whole point of this and Keaton's role is to expand everything. So might as well put both of them in. Yeah. Heck, throw in Val Kilmer too. Why not? Sure. <laughs> Heck, throw in bat nipples. Yeah. Why not? Well, Val Kilmer had some. So he had some. Yeah. Was, he, was it his or Clooney's that did, like, the crotch montage? I've been, I, like, think that, up. I think that was Clooney's, because okay. I remember as a kid, they did, like, the montage, you know, like, close up on his crotch, and they close up on the nipples. And then when Batgirl did her, you know, costume change... Me and my dad and my brother were like, but why do they do the nipples for her? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I I saw that Tom Taylor has been teasing for the last few days a new Injustice series. And he did the others. They're hugely popular. It makes sense that they're going to do another volume. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure people that are fans of Injustice should be excited about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I enjoy the stuff of Tom Taylor's that I see. I've not gotten into Suicide Squad, but I kind of want him to do another main universe book because it's like I'm not interested in Suicide Squad, honestly, but him doing like if he ever were to take on the Flash or a character or like Green Lantern, I'd be all about that because he seems like a great writer. I just like trying to spend the extra like what three ninety nine a month on a book that doesn't matter. I know none of it really matters, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just it I would prefer I'm just saying for me, I would prefer that. 
he I can't remember if you read this title or not, but I think he did the X twenty three and All New Wolverine when X twenty three was. Oh Wolverine. yeah, did you read that? I did. It was good. Okay, so that makes sense why it was good. Yeah. Um. So there was a new Snyder Cut clip release. Did you see that? It was like it's like very short. No, I didn't see it. All right. So it's just basically Alfred's working on a car. The, this glass starts shaking, and then he pans out. There's Superman there, and he's wearing the <clears throat> he's wearing the black suit, and then he's like, "You must be Alfred," and that's the clip. And it like people are really excited, like, "Oh, the black suit, Superman, blah blah." But it's like he doesn't have the mullet, so who cares? <laughs> That, that was the best part of 90s Superman. <laughs> I think Dan Jurgens would agree. Yeah. No, but it, it is cool to see him in the black suit, and I think that was a missed opportunity by Joss Whedon. But, I mean, I don't think it's, like, there's people that are freaking out about it because, like, any little thing they get from this, they freak out about. For me, it's just kind of, like, cool. I mean, you get to see him interact with people, and he's actually showing a little bit of a personality. Like, he smiled, right. so that's nice. Yeah. See, that's the thing. When you when they give him the opportunity, he's so good as Superman. Yeah. I hope that, uh, I don't know, man. As I've said before, the more I, I see and hear about it, I get less and less excited. But I really do hope that it's good. Same. And also on that note, I saw something else. Uh, during the Justice Con, Zack Snyder revealed that he did choose to step down. WB didn't force him to. But... He also did not choose Joss Whedon. He made it clear. He's like, I didn't choose Joss Whedon, though. <laughs> wow. Do you think you think Joss wanted to, or do you think the studio asked Joss to? I bet Joss was probably lobbying for it, but I mean, that's just my guess. He probably was like, I would love to do this. And then the studio was like, we would love to have you, you know, that type of yeah. thing. Well, I mean, he pitched a Wonder Woman movie to them once, and yeah. it didn't happen. So, But I, I hear the Wonder Woman stuff was in developmental hell for a good while right so i mean i'm i'm thankful he didn't get it and patty did though yeah absolutely (laughs) and i cannot wait for the new one same all right last thing i had is that there is a dc comics event coming up in december called endless winter and i did a little bit of research i guess some people think one of two things there is an actual character named endless winter that i'm not familiar with and I guess she was in, like, some pre-New 52 stuff. Um, she was Lex Luthor's girlfriend for a little bit. And then Lex, like, he thought that she did something that she didn't actually do and, like, killed her or something like that. Uh, the other thing is they think it might be some sort of, like, Justice League Sandman crossover because of Endless is, like, the name. Oh, okay. Um, but... We don't know yet. We just saw, uh, I mean, it's mostly just December 2020, Endless Winter. So we'll get more on that probably at DC Fandom whenever that happens. I know we all really want it to. But, uh, you know, I've liked the last couple DC event books, so I'm probably going to check that out too. Yeah, it really depends on who the writer is, and I'll get into that a little bit later. I just want to really quick mention, because we haven't done this in a while, but on, you know, the New Mutants front... There is a new trailer out that actually shows, like, they said it's, like, the first few bits of the movie, then mixed in with a trailer. And it kind of looks lame, but kind of looks good at this. <coughs> Coronavirus, sorry. <coughs> it kind of looks lame, but kind of looks cool at the same time. And, yeah, I mean, did you watch it? I didn't. I, I haven't even seen that it was a thing. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. It's, like, you have uh, oh, a Magic, who I... 
you know, I've always thought was really cool. It starts off with like her doing some stuff, then she wakes up in the asylum, then it starts showing like the regular trailer stuff, and there's a lot of stuff with magic that you're gonna be excited about. And yeah, there's it's a lot of lot of little stuff going on. I like I said, there is a very like there is a very good chance this movie cannot be okay. It's gonna be either terrible or really good. Right. There's not a middle ground for this movie, I don't think. Well, hope, <laughs> hopefully it's the good. Yeah. I, I just want, uh, I like magic a lot, so I hope there's cool magic stuff. And I think Wolfsbane is pretty cool, too, so I hope that we get some cool, like, you know, as much as I really do like some of the Fox X-Men stuff, the the looks and costumes aren't always great, and I'm yeah. worried what Wolfsbane's going to look like. So. Yeah, <laughs> there is a little bit more of her in this. She doesn't, you know, go full wolfy, but... There's a little bit more her in this, and yeah, like I said, it it has promise. I'll say that, and I'll I'll leave it at that. Right. <laughs> All right, and then for the last bit of news, um, I just want to mention something. Might get a like might get mildly political, and we try not to on here, but what the heck ever. Uh, so Tom King, who our favorite writer, he <laughs> went online and tweeted about a variant cover for his coming Rorschach book. And he, this is his exact tweet. Today, DC put out an alternate cover to Rorschach by Jay Lee, who has also done covers for Comicsgate, a hate group. DC does not consult creators on alternate covers. I reached out to them to express my deep disappointment. Far as I'm concerned, this is the cover to Rorschach number one, and it's the normal cover. And I've met Jay Lee before. I've also, just so you know, Tom King is a white man. Jay Lee is a Korean American, and Tom King is saying he's part of a hate group, which I don't think that's really a thing, especially if you're a white dude saying that. You really need to kind of get off your high horse because it doesn't really add up. But I've met Jay Lee before, and he's a very, you know, he was very kind to me, even though I was very much nerding out over him because he's one of my favorite artists. And his cover is the only way I would ever buy a Rorschach book. And you factor in the fact that he was super kind. When we talked, he was sitting right across from Mike Mignola, and we nerded out over the fact that my, like, I was like, my two, two favorite artists are like, and, you know, right by me. He's like, dude, it's an honor for me, too, because I grew up with his stuff. And, like, Mike Mignola, not a white dude either, so you'd think if he's part of a hate group, he would be like, I hate this. <laughs> Surround me with whiteies. <laughs> and also, calling Comicsgate, which is what he, you know, he was referring to Comicsgate, and he's calling that a hate group, doesn't make any sense. Like, they're a hate group, like, in the episode of The Office when someone pooped on Michael's floor, and he called that a hate crime, and Stanley rolls his eyes and says, that's not a hate crime. He's like, well, I hated it. That's how comics gates a hate group. These other, are, you know, comics book creators just hate, you know, don't like them because they're politics, so they'll just call it a hate group. It's stupid, and it's childish. And then a little bit later, Tom tweeted out, uh, I spoke with Jay. He's not on Twitter didn't know Comicsgate existed and doesn't support hate of any kind. We're all good. Best possible outcome. And then Mitch go, Mitch Gerards goes, if people only knew what you went through today to make that discussion happen. And that was, I lost all respect for Mitch after that. Cause I was always like, Oh, his art's really good. But man, like that's the bare minimum. And I even tweeted this and I got blocked for it. I was like, that's the bare minimum he could have done before, you know, before putting him on blast. He did it after. And he doesn't even apologize. He just says, hey, turns out I was wrong. That's not an apology. That's just him saying, oh, I did the wrong. I did it wrong, but I'm not going to actually fix it. And then 
you sent me an article. I'll let you talk about it, about what Jay was going through when this all went down. Yeah, and uh, I, I brought that up. And I do want to say that it is just ridiculous that uh, that he didn't contact Jay before bringing up any of this because Jay talks about uh, in this in this bit that I'm bringing up how he just got this huge wave of incoming hate and it was for no reason. Yep. And anyway, so Jay was talking about how uh, he and his wife. Um, lost their dog Loki they had to put him down and they were getting him cremated and uh, the day that they were going to spread his ashes and like you know have a little memorial for their dog is the day that Tom tweeted that and he just got all this hate and uh, and it, it ruined their whole day Jay said that we never made it to the beach we spent the entire six hour drive back home on an emotional roller coaster I'm writing this because I'm angry. These irresponsible tweets are not harmless. They do not just go away. They have real-world consequences. Uh, they take away your job, your life, your memories. June and I were robbed of a special day, so no, we're not all good. This isn't the start of a conversation. This is the end. So please don't drag me into a world I never wanted to be a part of, nor will I ever want to be a part of. Uh, and then he just went on to, you know, say some nice words about his dog, Loki. So... It's just like, you know, it, it would suck on any day, but yeah. especially a day when he's already going through some hard times. Yeah. So, and I mean, I was always just, I was always just taught to, you know, like if you have a problem with someone, clear it up with them first. And it's not like a hard thing to do. He, he, you know, he has his editors, he has people that, you know, he could, if he was able to talk to them and say, I'm really disappointed in this. He could easily say, hey, can you put me in contact with him because I want to know what's going on. But you're not able to do that because he's too busy patting himself on the back. <laughs> and I saw this really funny video, and I told Jake about it already. But it was uh, this, I think the person's name, he's a YouTuber, his name is like a random guy. And he talked about all of the different terrible things the CIA did in Afghanistan while Tom King was there. And... It's like, well, if, I mean, even if Jay Lee was part of Comics Gate, he has that, you know, like Tom's basically saying he agrees with everything they've ever done. And it's like, well, if that's true, then all of these terrible things that, you know, it ranges from like, you know, killing people to uh, child trafficking that the CIA helped do in Af Afghanistan while you were there, like, you have to be okay with that too, right? You have to support that. And it's just, it was just really funny to me because, like, this just kind of showed Tom's true colors that he's pretty much just as bad of a person as bad of a person as he is a writer so <laughs> i'm done with strange adventures which probably not gonna do much i'm but they won't be seeing my 399 ever again yep and i am of the same mindset it's crazy that we're in a time where uh you know instead of just agreeing to disagree with somebody's views you have to go and cause this ridiculous hate storm that ended up being nothing but uh, a true memory ruiner for an innocent person. Yep. And a really, like I said, super nice guy. He's quiet. Like, like that's how a lot of these really nice people at comic book conventions are. They're really quiet, so you will have awkward conversations with them. We're like, I liked your stuff. Like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but in, you know, like, outside of that, super cool guy. <clears throat> if you ever see him at con, if you can afford it, get a commission, but 
I'd understand. I'd understand if you couldn't afford it because, as good talent as he is, it's pricey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm about done talking about this, and I just want to make make it clear that I think Tom King is garbage, <laughs> and that is seconded here by the other half. So, all right, that wraps up the news. Um, we'll take a quick ad break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. We're going to talk about the comic books that we read this week. It was actually a pretty good release week for me. I just didn't get to all of them that I thought I was going to get to. But what books did you read this week? So I read, I'm, I always say the name different every time because there's like three different ways you could say. I'm going to like Hotel Hell, Hotel, or Hell. It, whatever it is by John Lees and Dalivor Talajic. Uh, Just League Dark. Avengers Fantastic Four Empire number two. Guardians. I missed Guardians of the Galaxy last week, and so I got number four this week. Batman, The Joker War Part 1, X-Men Fantastic Four, Daredevil, Chew, and The Flash. What about you, man? I read uh, The Last God number 7, Sonic the Hedgehog number 29, and I also read Batman 95, which is Joker War Part 1. What what else did you get that you were really excited about that you're going to probably read during the week? I got uh, Batman Beyond 45 because uh, I guess Damien is in this and has a scuffle with, with I, Terry. So Yeah, I've heard he's like the his pet thing is supposed to be in some of these yeah. issues too and yeah, stuff. Absolutely. So I, I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, I also picked up Amethyst number four. And this book from Scout Comics called Vlad Dracul, I got it just because I thought the art was super cool, and I think Dracula is neat. So I'm <laughs> looking forward to those. I'm really surprised at you that you didn't get Amethyst Red. I always figure that's on the top of your pile. It is, but I'm sure that everyone's sick of hearing me talk about it at this <laughs> point, too. So, And I know they're, they're probably sick of Sonic as well, but uh, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'll just start with... The I'm just gonna go hotel. Um, yeah, it's by John Lees and Dalibor Talajic, and this one it's for it's issue three of four, and it's in room three. So this girl is looking for the like her sister who's last seen at this hotel with a serial killer, and the serial killer is really gruesome. He would take people's bodies and turn them into furniture, and I'll show Jake some of these pictures because they're pretty gruesome. Oh my! <laughs> like there's a there one person's a coffee table, the other one's a chandelier, and then so she's at the hotel and she finds a you know an alleyway like like not alleyway up trap door and she goes under it and all this other stuff and like she finds her sister's dead body and then some crazy stuff happens at the end. It's a wild book. If you're into horror, you should really be checking this out. I'm not a big horror comics fan, but I was like I'll give it a try and it's enjoyable. I think it's really really cool. Uh, Just like Dark, this one, like, it's very heavy on the Detective Chimp, which, if you tell me there's a book that's very heavy on the Detective Chimp, I'm going to be happy. And, yeah, he's just kind of telling Diana everything that's going on. You have, like, there's some parts of the art that I'm not super fond of. Like, right here you have the um, current, uh, Khalid is his name, Mm -hmm. the current Dr. Fate with Kent, and he kind of just looks like a disappointed mom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which isn't my favorite thing. But other than that, the art's been, you know, outside of that part, the art is pretty great. Even the colors, which, by the way, this is by 
um, Ram V, Amike Nanupan on art, and I'm going to say Jun Chung also on the colors, because these colors in this, I'm a... Like, to me, they look great. I'm colorblind, so maybe they're trash, but... They're not trash. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's great. I would really recommend this. It's like, he, like I said, he's explaining stuff. Zatanna's trying to bring back her dad. And, yeah. And it's just like, also, I like this Wonder Woman a lot more than the Wonder Woman that's in Justice League. It's written a lot better. She's a much better leader in this. And, yeah, it's just really great. Uh, I'll save Empire for one of the bigger books uh guardians of the galaxy number four i really like this book uh there wasn't enough hercules and not enough nova which are like they're my two favorite characters and the two reasons why i'm reading this book but the other characters are pretty great and yeah i like it there's not a lot to it that make me go like oh man this is the best but it's good and it's by al ewing and uh juan cabal on the art and i'll talk about uh, X-Men Fantastic Four by Zdarsky with the Dodsons, and I, like, I just, this made me just dislike the X-Men even more, because they just cause more problems than what they needed, and, like, they just do these, like, kind of crappy things with their whole mutant superior, you know, superiority stuff, like, it's just, they're kind of jerks, and I know Reed Richards is a jerk, but he's a jerk that, you know, his heart's in the right place, and these guys, they're just kind of jerks, and they cause problems, and then they're like, well, we're not to blame. It's Dr. Doom's fault. <laughs> and it's like, it might have been, but you guys were still doing, like, you were doing stuff on Latveria's soil. Could have caused an international incident. You're lucky it didn't. But yet you're like, no, it's just Doom's fault. <laughs> and maybe my bias is showing because I'm not a big X-Men fan, but I am a, a, you know, Dr. Doom fan. So that might be part of the problem. <laughs> a Doom sympathizer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then Daredevil, Zdarsky's killing it, and uh, this is, yeah, it's by Chippy, and who's, um, Marco Cecchito on the art. Have you looked through the, like, this book's art yeah, since he's taken over? Yeah, the art is incredible. I don't even know, I've never heard of this guy before this, but he's incredible. And, yeah, the, the end is pretty wild. There's some stuff with Daredevil that, you know, changes up a lot of stuff for him. And, yeah, it's awesome. Like, I'd highly recommend it. There's one part that's kind of funny, though. There's this guy at who's doing security at the courthouse, and he's like, Daredevil. You know, I do this job every day, and I think about all the effers who see my face, read my badge, and I think of my family, and I think it would be so much easier if I just wore a mask. But the thing is, I'm not a coward. And I'm not trying to put down people that work as security <laughs> in a courthouse, but... They're not cops. They're not superheroes. Like, that's the same thing as, like, a guy being like, yeah, I'm the, the greeter at Walmart. I'm worried that someone's going to get disgruntled at Walmart and they're going to try to come to at my family. It's like, <laughs> he does nothing to worry about, dude. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> and then I'll talk about you and I'll let you talk about your stuff and I'll mention my other two and then we'll talk about Batman together. Mm -hmm. uh, choose a lot of fun. I wish I knew when this was going on in the timeline because Tony is actually in it, but he's a cop. And, like, there's some little things that are different. The art in it is, like, very similar to Rob, uh, Rob Gilroy's. Or I always mispronounce his name. I found out that I was mispronouncing it terribly this whole time. I'm like, dang, I'm a jerk. You mispronouncing a name? I know. <laughs> uh, this is also by John Lehman and Dan Boltwood. I think I got that one right. <laughs> 
But so yeah, you have a bunch of different crazy powers. Uh, heist goes wrong, and then Tony's kind of on the trail. And yeah, it's awesome. Like it's great to have these characters back. And I was really disappointed because Rob actually posted that like he got a special variant that was just for this one comic book shop. And it was like, I'm like, man, that looks so cool. Cause he did like this variant, but you can only get it through like, I think it was a British comic book shop. I'm like, that's insane. But I want to spend the $6 for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll talk about last God briefly. This book is a little tough to talk about because there is so much to like the world building and stuff. Uh, but man, I just want to point out to Casey, some of the art in this is just out of this wow. world. Like, like his rendition of a harpy yeah. is just insane. And the flashback Jeez. scenes are just so cool. Like this is what you want in a high fantasy epic type story. Uh, but anyway, they're just like, they're on their way to the black stair uh, to confront the evil um, of, of the last God. Uh, but anyway, we get some cool flashback stuff to the original heroes that fought them, and it's just a really cool book. If you like fantasy, I highly suggest it. Quick question about that book. With that art, because that looks like it would take extra long to do that, is that an issue with this book's like coming out? Like, does it, or is it pretty solid on its No, it release? hasn't been so far, and I'm sure that uh, the quarantine probably helped him get I a bet, little yeah. bit ahead, but... Uh, I follow him on Instagram. His name's Ricardo Federici. Um, the guy's insane. All of it is like, uh, how do you say it? Like multimedia. So he'll do, he'll do the pencils and then he'll do like some, some colored pencils and then he'll throw watercolors on top of Jeez. that. And it's just absolutely fantastic. I, I love his work. That's wild. Um, so I'll talk about flash Seven Fifty Eight. It's by Williamson and um, Christian Deuce and Scott Collins. So they take, you know, separate parts. And the art in it is pretty great. Um, and you have different versions of, like, Flash's greatest villain. So you have the Turtle, you have Grodd, you have uh, the Glider, you have um, Captain Cold and Trickster. And it's all different versions throughout their history. And they're, you know, running amok and whatnot. And then, like... While Barry's like trying to find it, figure out where Eobard would be, his kids from the future show up, and they're not happy. And so then they kind of help team up against them and stuff. And then something crazy happens at the end, and it's hinting at Max Mercury and Jesse Quick are going to be in the next issue. So that's exciting. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. We were just talking about them like last week. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I wish the cover hadn't come out that they were, cause I'm like, when are they going to be in this? And right. so I'm like, I know it's coming. <laughs> hey, uh, I like that. We do speedsters back to back. Oh, I know. Right. And next <laughs> the fastest one of them all. Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> uh, so this one's by Ian Flynn with art by Adam Bryce Thomas. And they've come to the final showdown against Zavok. Um, with the Chaos Emeralds. And so Sonic actually has to team up with um, with Silver and Metal Sonic. So you see Metal Metal Sonic carrying Sonic, who's almost consumed by the Metal Virus, uh, up to, to Zavok. And, and Metal actually saves them both a couple of times. But then they get that last one, because like Metal Sonic just hurls Sonic up to Zavok, and he grabs the last Chaos Emerald which then turns Silver and Sonic both into their super versions, 
and they just absolutely annihilate Zamok. Um, But anyway, they, they suck. They use that power to suck the metal virus from the planet, and then they just hurl it into a portal, and they're like, hopefully that's far enough away. We don't have to mess with it ever again. But he just goes to a planet and then they all like, (laughs) what's this? And they all just die. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But unfortunately, in doing that, the the topaz stone, I think, is what causes the portals. It wasn't very stable. And spoiler alert, Sonic had sucked inside of it, too. Oh, dang. So uh, it says next time a world without metal virus and Sonic. So. I wonder if we're going to get an arc where, like, Silver or, like, Shadow or Knuckles has to step up and, and be the hero for a bit. I think that'd be pretty neat. But uh, I think it'd be pretty cool, too, if it was, like, Tails. Like, the the series, like there was an arc where it was just Tails, like, searching for Sonic. Like, because I remember back, I think it was Countdown, where it was, like, where is Ralph Dibney? Like, people were searching for, like, if it was like that, searching for Sonic. That'd be fantastic, man. <laughs> I, because... But besides, I want more Tails anyway, because he did have, like, one comic series, and it's insanely expensive now, yeah. so I'll take it now when it's three ninety nine. dollars <laughs> <laughs> So, Avengers Fantastic Four Empire, Al Ewing and Dan Slott were on the writing, and then we had Valero Shishititi? Valerio Shiti. That's it. <laughs> on the art, and... It's like it's pretty good. Like I, I am glad they're not making Hulk. Like when I first heard about this, I heard Hulkling's gonna be the bad guy, and I'm not like a young Avengers fan. Like I never really read the book, but I was like, that's stupid that they're making Hulkling a bad guy. Like, what about you know Wiccan? Like they, they have a few. Like I've seen like I read comics where they have a future together and all this different stuff. It's like they make him a bad guy, then they're gonna have to switch that up to make that continuity work. And like I'm getting like my nose started bleeding, and so like now that. <laughs> It, that's not the case, and they're actually you know doing this all this other stuff, and yeah, it's it's really good. You have these plant people. I have no clue who they are though, and that's the one downside. Like I bet if I was reading the Avengers book more, this would actually fold right in really well with that. But since I haven't, I just kind of went into this blind. I was like, huh. But you get a lot. You get some Super Scroll. You get some other like a lot of Carol Danvers in this. I'm not the biggest Carol fan, but it you know a lot of her. And she gets actually uh, Ronan's hammer in this because he's gone. I don't know where he's at. But, yeah, it's pretty good. I would actually recommend this if you are a fan. But I see the big checklist. This is, like, one of the crazy things. There's uh, four phases, and it's just so much crap. Like, I don't know how anyone could afford all of these comics and let alone, like, be able to read all of them. Actually, I did the math. And it would cost you about $250, I think, to read all the tie-ins and everything. That's insane. Like, who has the want (laughs) or the time to do that? And the question is, do the tie-ins actually tie in? Because you know how some of that is. I bet there's, like, maybe one or two. Because, like, I did feel like I was missing stuff when I read this. Yeah. Like, from last issue to this issue, I did feel like there was some stuff missing. But it's, like, to try to figure out which tie-in actually would fill in those gaps. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, So last one is Batman 95, uh, which is the Joker War Part 1. This is by James Tynan IV and uh, Jimenez. I'm blanking on his first name. Jorge. Jorge Jimenez. How funny would uh, like, Jorge? (laughs) (laughs) And then also... 
man, now I'm going to be Casey Tom, Tomo or Tomio Mori on colors. He's a great colorist, by the way. He does a lot of Tony Daniels stuff, and it's really good. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so I want to preface this by saying I haven't read a single issue of Batman since the like middle of the new 52. So it's been quite some time. Haven't read any of Tom King's stuff, thank God. And uh, I don't really know what's going on. But anyway, I'm hopping in. I'm all in on the Joker War. The art is so good in this. I agree 100%. All of, you know, Joker's goons are, like, hunting down Batman. Um, Punchline is, like, torturing poor uh, Lucius Fox with, like, some new breed of Joker toxin that she says mixes. It's her own special blend, she said, which is a mix between Joker toxin, uh, Venom from Bane, and I think some of Scarecrow's fear toxin. So I wonder, like, if that's even more deadly than the regular stuff. Like, is Lucius going to be okay? Like, that sort of thing is kind of what's on my mind. Yeah, well, I mean, she just talked about having the... Uh, withdrawals like crazy like it's not going to kill you but you are going to get the shakes right um anyway then we see joker he purchased the theater that uh the waynes were murdered outside of so i I don't i don't i don't know if he's like making a statement because that i mean it says he's buying all the theaters but it kind of seems like he knows something, maybe. You well, know? I mean, he... That's what's weird. Like, he does know Batman's Bruce Wayne, but he doesn't... He never cared before this. And that's the one thing I was like... And everything else I've read, where it's Batman and Joker, it's just like... It's clear that he doesn't care that Batman's Bruce. Like, he knows, but that's... Or he knows that Bruce is Batman, not, you know, like because he knows Batman's the real version, you know. Right. So, so like, it's kind of different, but... With that being said, I do really like this. There is one part that we'll get to that I wasn't a fan of. But, yeah, no, I mean, the, like, the art is insane, and the Joker buying up all the theaters is weird, and there's going to be something more to it because, like, you know, he talks about people watching the movie, and it's like you go down there, and there's these people with these, like, insane smiles on their face. You know, like, Joker clearly murdered, you know, either murdered them or have them going extra crazy. And yeah, it's pretty awesome. This uh, this page spread that only you and I can see uh, was my favorite as far as art goes. Like I just loved those two there. Yeah. And and this panel where he's looking into the building had a lot of uh, Dark Knight feels. Dark Knight feels. Yep. Yeah. I was like, oh man, that's actually pretty cool. Um, the part that I think Casey is talking about <laughs> not liking is. There, there's a, a a couple pages where Punchline just really kind of beats up on Batman. Yeah. And uh, again, we've read her origin story in the Joker 80th anniversary, and she is just a college student who, in this book, she said, spent a year uh, building up an immunity to her own uh, toxin blend. But... Did she also spend that year training? And if even if she did, that's not enough to, to counter I, Bruce's training. I will say though, the one thing like they kind of they tried to throw in, but they haven't really done a good like that's this is the one downside. Like James Tinian's run so far, or Tynan, sorry, his run so far is like he they talked about him still being hurt from Deathstroke and not getting patched up good enough, and it's like okay, fair enough, I'll take that, but 
he's since his Deathstroke fight, he's done. You know, he's fought like other goons, other people. I think he could beat up a college student who probably at best has done Taibo. <laughs> That's hilarious. I wanted to get your thoughts on the the special suit that that nobody seems to know who who made it. I'm betting you money right now Alfred made it. You think so? Yep. I think it looks pretty neat. Yeah. I want to know like what the special thing is that it can do. But uh anyway, it was definitely a good enough issue. Like I I definitely want to keep reading Joker War and see what's what's going to happen there, but uh yeah, all in all it was fine. Yeah. And also since he he did have that new uh, toxin in his, you know, in him that uh, punchline got him. He is now imagining Alfred talking to him, which I thought was kind of neat. And one other thing I just want to mention is they now have these little like PSA type things where it's like be a safety superhero, and I like they're hilarious and I love them. Like there's Joker with a mask. Like no, seriously, I really mean it. Wear a mask. It's not a joke. And it's like order for delivery. And it's Batman rolling up with pizzas <laughs> and like. Flash is washing his hands. 20 seconds, no exceptions. And there's, like, verify your sources. They told me in January it's not the flu. Uh, it's like, Fauci's right. Stay home. And, like, Wonder Woman's got the lasso wrapped around him. Uh, it's pretty hilarious. All right, and that finishes up the comics for the week, uh, which I believe means it's time for Fantastic Four. It is. So as we... As we talked about, Tom King is a garbage human being, Mitch Gerard is a butt kiss, and there's a lot of other people that would be really disappointed in comic books as we've talked about in the past. So I just want to get, you know, like the creators that we have been around in the past, like why don't you just give me four of them that you're like, these guys are pretty awesome. Yes, and that's easy to do because most of them are pretty awesome people. Uh, And this is all going to be interactions that I've had over the years at C2E2. The first one that comes to mind is Scott McDaniel. He was a huge, huge, like, check off the the comic book creator bucket list. Uh, Super nice guy. He, I told him just how much that the Nightwing series he worked on in the 90s meant to me and and how much I loved his art. And he stood there and talked to me. Casey was there. It was probably, like, a good 10 minutes. I'm sure Casey was ready to go. But, uh got a picture with him he signed all my books he, he personalized them he was really great i'm glad that uh the one of my comic book heroes was not a jerk <laughs> um these next two you can back me up on one is dennis calero and the other one is peter kraus um like our first couple of years of c2e2 we ran into those guys super friendly would, would stay and, and talk to us as long as we bugged them yeah um ran into peter like in the elevator i think he walked with us to to mark wade's panel um and dennis he we actually did an, an interview with him on uh on our first go round of the podcast <laughs> which was cool of him uh just giving a couple nobodies a chance so uh and he, he actually did another interview for me for a class over email which was neat um and then the last one is matt wagner I am a massive fan of Matt's. He he created Grendel. He worked on a lot of Batman. He does these gorgeous painted covers. Um, but my favorite thing that he's ever done was Sandman Mystery Theater, which is in my top ten comic books ever. If you like crime comics, it doesn't get much better than that. But uh, 
again, we just talked about uh, about Sandman Mystery Theater. He talked about uh, what like movies and books inspired him for that, and you know gave me some suggestions too. I told him that I like to write and that he was a big influence on me. So it was just really cool that he took the time uh, to talk to me while I was nerding out. So uh, I'll ask you the same. Yeah. So the f- like one of the ones that comes to my mind is Ben Temple Smith, the dude. First off, he's wearing a full suit at a con, which is bonkers to me that he's... I would be so surly if I was in that. But he just sat there and he talked to me the whole time. I was bugging him, you know, when he was doing my commission. And he just talked to me the whole time. And then later on, like, the next con, he didn't remember who I was. But, and I was like, oh, I was bugging you the last time. He's like, oh, did I seem like I was annoyed? Because I don't think I would have been. And, like, just super cool dude. Really, you know, sat down. He had no problem talking to me for a long time. Uh, then George Press, like... You're not going to ever get to meet him if you haven't, so it stinks for everyone that hasn't met him, but super kind. I waited like 10 hours in his line, and, you know, he talked to me. He got my, you know, we got our picture taken together. He had a thing for, like, oh, if you're getting your stuff signed, it'd be nice to, you know, put some money in. And it turns out the money's not even going to him. He was donating it all, even though he needed, like, his, his eyesight's going out, and so, like, he that's why he couldn't go to cons anymore. And so, like, I just assumed, like, oh, yeah, he needs this extra money because... The con, you know, DC comics and Marvel comics don't take care of their people very well. And then it turns out, no, I'm donating this to uh, St. Jude's. <laughs> and then, like, okay, I'm going to preface this one by saying Mark Wade does do some crappy things. But I've talked to him at cons before, super kind to me, super cool to me. And I also interviewed him for a class one time. And he talked to me on Skype and was super nice there. So I don't have anything you know bad to say about him, but I will give that a half one since he does do some crappy things. I'll, I'll cut in real quick and say that uh, that the year that I really talked to him at C2E2, I asked him if he would, that it was the year that, that Mike and I had bought the shop, and I asked him if he would do like a, hey, this is Mark Wade saying, get your comics from Comic Headquarters. And he did it, and he was like, wait a second, what's the shop? And we're at, and I told him, he was like, I know that shop. I've been there before. And I just thought that was, like, the coolest thing. <laughs> I think, like, honestly, though, I wouldn't be surprised if Mark just knows everything about comics. Because mm-hmm. we've seen panels with him where he's like, look, at a cover. He's like, oh, this. And I actually saw an email really quick. This is a tangent. I'll get it in my last two people. But uh, he was, like, talking about how someone emailed, like, ah, oh, simpler times. And it was a, they emailed Mark Wade, like, what's Superman's favorite, uh, it was a, uh, What's his favorite type of jello? And he's like, lime. This is easy. And he sent this picture. And it's like from this cover, like Martha's like, Clark, why aren't you eating your favorite jello? Your favorite lime jello? And like he's like, mm. and then like crypto's running away from Pa, who's got a steak. And it's just like, what is going on in the Silver Age comics? That is so funny. So yeah, I'm giving him a half just so I can mention a story about Charles Soul. And then like my last person is just kind of like a no duh. But Charles Soul, it's He's super nice, and like early on into his comic book career, he was just sitting at this table, and I was like waiting on a different artist or a different writer to talk to, and he then just started talking to me, and we started chat- chatting back and forth. And the next year, and then like I started reading these comics, and the next year I saw him, and I'm like, holy crap, that's that nobody I was talking to. <laughs> and then, like every time I see him, he's super nice. He doesn't remember me at all, which why would he? But I just thought that was really neat that he was like just talking to me. He's like, yeah, dude, I'm writing this book, and now I'm gonna be taking over Swamp Thing in a little bit. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, I'll check it out, you know, and then. Now look at him now. Yeah, now it's just like 
only downside is he does a lot of Star Wars books. I'm not the biggest Star Wars comic fan, so I don't get to read his stuff as much. But yeah, so I thought that was pretty awesome. And then the last person is just a no duh. It's Todd Knock. He's the nicest person in comics. If you ever get a chance, he's at a con. Just go talk to him and ask him anything, and he'll be more than happy to talk to you for hours. He's just the nicest person alive. As is his wife. Yeah. Who's they're always both, there, too. They're both just the <laughs> kindest people. I don't get how people can be that cool and that kind. All right. Well, it is time for the Cosmic Beatdown. Actually, two things. I already know one of them. Yep. Because you have to, to you know, show how little knowledge I actually have. And then <laughs> we have to talk about what we're excited about. Which uh, which hasn't come out yet. Yeah, so we don't have the email for that yet. So that's someone slacking. Um, well, I always do it on Monday. Monday, yeah. Okay, so let's see here. Talk about something while I'm okay. doing this. So, yeah, I mean, if he didn't... T- like, I was, like, rattling off different artists because I can't count to four. And I went five. And this whole time, he could have been getting this email already. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but... Yeah, so, I mean, I'm trying to think of, like, another really cool artist or writer that I've met. Like, Jay Lee and Mike Mignola. When I met those two guys, I was starstruck when I met my, you know, both of them. Like, by about the third time I went past Jay Lee's table, that was about when I was, like, ready to talk to him like a normal person. And he was such a kind person. And Mike Mignola, I mean, I've talked about how nice he is for, like, donating stuff to food banks and everything that, that he's been doing here lately. And it's just like, oh, yeah, you you couldn't be nicer. And then there's, there's one person that I met. We both met him at C2E2, I think two years ago. Uh, Marv Wolfman seemed like the, a great guy, but boy, was he just not prepared for his line. Cause like he, he was a little late. And then when he got to it, the line was probably backed up a couple city blocks worth. And, and like as I I was like one of the first people in line, luckily, so I got my stuff autographed. And he's just like looking at those people. He's just looked so overwhelmed. He's like, "What am I supposed to do?" <laughs> like, because I wanted to talk to him, but I'm like, "Yeah, I don't think he wants to talk to me right now because this is a bit much." <laughs> Wasn't he wearing like a Godzilla sweater too, or yeah. something like that? It was like a it had Godzilla's face and it looked very regal. And no, it was Godzilla and Kong, I think maybe. But yeah, it was awesome. I was like, I wanted to talk to him about that because. If you're wearing Godzilla paraphernalia, that's an easy end for me to become your friend. But I just—I think he was a bit too stressed out. Right. Okay, so the thing is, is I can't bring up the list because I have it scheduled for tomorrow and I cannot find the test email that I sent myself. But I know that Casey will be stoked for Batman Superman, probably. Yep. Um, yeah, it's not a big, not a big DC week. It's a lot of Red Hood, Suicide Squad, and, like, the Hill House books, so... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So we'll skip that part this week. Okay. I should just, like, try to edit it in when I'm editing it and be, like, really quick, like, um, yeah, so this comes out, <laughs> as, like, you're trying to end it like we always do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this week, uh, the battle is... Uh, Martian Manhunter versus Silver Surfer. Were you going to quiz me really quick? See if I can get something right for once? No. No? Okay. I was leaving that one out this week. Well, dang. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
if you couldn't tell, I was underprepared for us doing it a day early. <laughs> Same here. Like you'll you'll be able to tell with my battle. <laughs> and see, this is the one thing that I did prep for. Yeah. So I'm I'm ready for it. All right. Do you want to start? I'll let you start, man. Okay. He like a ton of his feats are the crazy stuff he can do with his mind. Yeah. So first I'll get through strength and speed because his truly awesome stuff comes after all that. For strength, he is equally as strong as Superman. Some writers make him more so, some make him less so, but if you look like look at his list of feats, it pretty much averages out. Um, he was strong enough to hurt Superboy Prime with a punch. He even landed like a few good hits on Doomsday. And punched Despero so hard that it knocked his teeth out, and Despero's taken on many S-tier heroes. Um, he's hurt Hal uh, with a punch and punched Guy Gardner so hard that he flew up into the sky, so basically he really likes chucking Green Lanterns around. <laughs> he once one hit knocked out Captain Marvel, the DC one obviously, <laughs> drew blood on Supergirl, and with a uh, pen? Yeah. <laughs> And has just physically restrained Superman on multiple occasions. For speed, he can keep up with Superman and the Flash. Uh, he reversed a twister with super speed, has outraced an explosion, flies faster than Madame Xanadu can teleport. One time, uh, Manhunter and Barry Allen were both bloodlusted, and the speed between them was even. He speed blitzed a group of white Martians who were beating up Green Lantern and Wonder Woman, and once caught a missile, tanked the blast, and then speed blitzed a robot that was made specifically to kill him. So, take it away. I have a quick question about the Doomsday feat, because I know he's fought him twice. And was that when he actually fought him, or was that when his like when he was that other '90s version of him that like had the the weird meltdown? You know, he was I don't remember his name. Right. Uh, I think it was him. Okay, because I I have both of those comics. So I was just checking. Um. So yeah, Silver Surfer has the power cosmic. It is the source of the surfer's power and grants him various superhuman abilities, such as the ability to manipulate matter or energy, healing living beings, granting him the sil- silvery skin, and more. Um, so he's been shown to use that to shut down all the power of machines across the earth, bringing civil- civilization to a standstill. He uh, rids himself of a virus and imprisons it in a solid power cosmic. Could both? I'm not gonna. Uh, yeah. Could both reduce Tenebrae and Mara atoms and destroy her consciousness? Binds himself to the earth and saves it from dying. Don't know how that works. And then I'll talk about some of his energy projection too. Uh, he destroys two meteors that were about to collide and destroy Earth. He creates a large explosion in space, clashing with Mephisto. Obliterates a planet that formed with Surfer as the center. Uh, begins to rekindle a dying star. He destroyed a planet as a warning to Ravenous. Creates a massive explosion on the moon. Vaporizes ships and buildings at the atomic level. He has overpowered Loki. He burns the stranger through his protective field. Matches the power of the soul gems. That's the infinity gem. Uh, he supplies power to the soul gem and mind Ben to peel apart reality in search of Shalabal's soul. And he's got enough power to build a city, power enough to smash a world. His power is rival to what is required to destroy a planet in a brief period of time. 
he could blast his way into a vibranium steel chrome fortress. And I'll let you talk some more then. Okay. So for some telepathy feats, which is his strong suit, um, John, which he goes by John Jones. So if I say John, I'm still talking about Manhunter. John is the strongest telepath in DC Comics, and after doing research, maybe even fiction in general. He has read Superboy Prime's mind. He telepathically links the Justice League all the time from distances like Earth to the moon and beyond. He telepathically makes an organic ship change shapes. He keeps an entire Martian race from moving on to the afterlife with just his mind. He can feel every mind in the entire galaxy. He once made Joker sane by infiltrating his mind while Joker had reality-warping powers and prevented him from destroying everything. He once telepathically convinced Gorilla Grodd to just defeat himself. <laughs> he mentally attacked Atrocitus, Larflees, Green Lantern, Sade, Star Sapphire, and a Guardian all at one time. He has defeated multiple reality warpers, can telepathically read programming and artificial intelligence, can even penetrate the mind of Starro and the Spectre. He uh, once scanned multiple realities just to find the Flash. And then I've got some miscellaneous stuff. I don't know if you want to... All right. I'll just talk for a little bit longer. Um, Silver Surfer has a bunch of cosmic senses, so he has cosmic sense vision. He can shift vision between visible spectrums. So let's say, because I know March Manhunter can change, you know, how he looks, so he could see that still because he's got the cosmic, you know, cosmic sight. He has cosmic hearing, so he can, you know, pick out a scroll's heartbeat. He can hear heartbeats from light years away. Uh, cosmic awareness, so he can, you know, sense a human trapped in a fallen capsule. He finds buried treasure. I need him with me when I'm hunting for that buried, you know, Confederate gold that's around here. Uh, feels the culture of Earth being stolen. Knows quite a lot of old Earth culture due to the cosmic senses. He can feel the. He feels billions of beings on a planet. Illusions cannot fool him. Strength. He's collided with an evil clone in the edge of space, causing oxylographs on Earth to go wild. He's knocked out the abomination, knocked a thing over, knocked the thing, not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, he punches lunatic from the tropics to the North Pole, shattered a lighthouse, flying slams. Uh, he's crashed, into, crashed a moon into Galactus, deflected a meteorite that threatened the U.S. North Coast. He can. He stopped, he stopped the Hulk from throwing him. He throws Stormbreaker out of a black hole. He has carried Galactus's incubator, and he's escaped Quasar's constructs. Some durability feats. He's taken hits from the likes of the Thing and Hulk, and the Hulk hit was actually all of his strength. He has absorbed, you know, impacts from missiles. He's taken hits from the Abomination while he was actually weakened. He's tanked Iron Man's repulsor ray. He withstood being crushed by a planet worth of rock. Uh, random goon hurt his hand punching him. <laughs> oh, I give up. Yeah, you've lost now. Sorry it's not him beating up animals. Um, <laughs> Thor's forehead bleeds from headbutting the surfer, which isn't much because it's Thor. Uh, energy. 
knew that was coming. <laughs> he takes a blast from Drax. Uh, he survived clashes with Th- uh, Thanos and the Abstracts, which ravages entire solar systems. Uh, I'll go with mental resistance really quick. He escaped the Supreme Intelligence Mental Prison, who had absorbed Surfer's soul into the Infinity Gems. Uh, he's in, immune to Princess Amarana's emotional manipulation, but like, that's just women for you, am I right? <laughs> uh, hey. <laughs> uh, he briefly resists Thanos's mind probe with the mind gem, uh, which I think is the most impressive because the mind gem adds a lot to it. And then I'll let you talk some more, man. All right, some miscellaneous feats. He can phase through a Green Lantern construct uh, that Superman and Green Lantern couldn't break. Has shapeshifted his brain into being as insane as the Joker's to get on like a level playing field there. Um, he can actually shrink down to the size of a blood vessel and can shift his brain and his body to prevent psychic attacks, which I think is just cool. <laughs> um, he can survive and regenerate without a beating heart. Has once melted Black Adam's face with his heat vision. And... Uh, fire no longer affects him. Through sheer willpower, he conquered the fear and weakness to fire, which I think would make him a pretty good Green Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I'll wrap up with some of his more impressive fights. Uh, like I said, Doomsday, uh, he's beaten Ultraman. He restrains Black Adam just with his telekinesis. He's fought off the Justice League twice, uh, once as Furnace, and then once alongside another Martian, and that team was pretty stacked. That league had Superman, Wonder Woman, Barda, Orion, Flash, Steel, and Plastic Man. And uh, he's tackled Amazo. While Amazo had all of the Justice League strength, and then tanked Superman's heat vision. And then I was reading the scans. This one was the craziest. Essentially, with some prep, he was the one to deal the final blow to Darkseid to stop him. So, Which time? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> the, the scans didn't give the issue number. Yeah, because there was one time, and I saw this with uh, when I was doing uh, Connor Hawk. Him and Ray Palmer also killed a Dark Seed one time. <laughs> well, this one was probably tougher than that one. Yeah. Well, because he shot him with an arrow, and then like Ray went inside his head and just grew big and <laughs> killed him. <laughs> Okay, so some speed feats. Combat speed, he's dodged the Human Torch with ease. He's dodged, you know, attacks from Hulk. He's dodged Glad- uh, Galactus's Eye Blast. Uh, travel speed, he's, tra- you know, quickly traveled a million light years in about a blink of an eye, because I remember in Infinity Gauntlet when, from the time when, like, Thanos has hand raised here, he was, like, several million light years away, full speed, went to get it, but, like, missed it just by a hair. Which would have been crazy if we'd have just got it. Like they just would have ended it. A lot of this other stuff that happened, that sort of just wouldn't have happened. <laughs> uh, so he's super fast. Um, Trying to get the telepathy. He's got some telepathy. He can feel human emotions. He shows uh, shows thing the approaching Punisher. He can you know he's like looked into the Hulk's past before with his powers. Like the power cosmic, it's ridiculous. It's just kind of like. Silver Age Superman where they're just kind of like, oh yeah, we're going to throw this power on him too. Like, he can heal people. He has dimensional travel, time manipulation, size manipulation, teleportation. Uh, dodges bla- He can dodge blasts from a clone of Surfer, equal to power and speed through sheer skill. And then he also, I don't see it here. 
Uh, but he also once took down Galactus's brother and sister at the same time. He has beaten up Thor before and Better A Bill. Again, not saying much. <laughs> He's fought Hulk and has beaten him before. He's beaten up the different members, you know, different heralds of Galactus. He's just a beast. He's humiliated the Super Scroll. He once got, like, this is pretty funny. Cable was amped up, super powerful, and uh, it was Cable and Deadpool. And, like, everyone was like, I don't know what to do. Just called Silver Surfer, and he slapped him around, kind of uh, got him right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, lastly, this one kind of hurts me. Richard Ryder had his power amped, and, you know, he was doing all this cool stuff. And then he was set to go toe-to-toe with Silver Surfer, and it was just kind of embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so who do you think wins? I mean, I could see an argument made for either one. It, for me, it's really 50-50. I'm not, like, not just saying that because I'm, you know, I have Silver Surfer on my, on my team, but it's just kind of like, he can do all this stuff, and Marsh Manor can do all this stuff. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> My mind kind of goes to what we've talked about a lot, which is DC people are That's made true. to be way tougher, and he has beaten multiples of them at the same time. Yeah. And that, that tells me that I think, even if it's 6 out of 10, I think Martian Manhunter would win that fight. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. Like, I will say this, though, and I'm just saying this based on the, I know that's not canon, but the crossover where Surfer met with the Green Lantern because it was like Surfer and Par- met with Parallax and then like Rainer was with Thanos and they were like, well, this guy's a good guy. You know, it was that type of thing and they kind of fought and they realized Parallax and Thanos are both crazy. But like he held his own against those two and he was clearly stronger than Green Lantern. So it's like at the very least, he's on par. The big thing that would come into play, I think, would be whether or not he'd get into the surfer's mind. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. And don't know if the power of Cosmic would allow it. That probably just depends on the writer. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, there's times with with uh, Marsh Manhunter where I've read it, and he's very much just like, they're like, we don't know how to write him, so he's going to be useless this issue because he's too powerful. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I'm just at a tie. So, I mean, I'll give it to you because, like I said, I think it's about 50-50. I think with his energy manipulation and all that, like, Surfer could easily take him. But at the same time, with all of the stuff that John can do, he could easily take him too. Right. Well, I'm not going to argue the win because Lord knows I'm behind and need it. So. Oh, I think we're tied now, man. If I win this, we are. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. So it'll come down to that last fight. Which is, you know... Because I do. Of course I do. It's I have Orion yep. and Zod. Yep. Okay. You are going to kneel. <laughs> I've been wanting to say that since I picked out Zod. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just looking forward to more research on Orion because I, I know he is he's not going to go down easy. Yeah. It'll be a cool fight. For sure, man. Cool. Well, that, uh, that wraps up this episode, guys. I think... It was way more fun to do this in person. I do. Next time, because, I mean, this will probably be the next time we see each other, but next C2E2, we'll bring the (laughs) stuff and we'll do it there, too. For sure. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, if you would like us at Facebook, that's facebook.com slash two worlds podcast. On Twitter at two underscore worlds underscore podcast. Our Instagram is at two worlds pod. And you can email us at two worlds podcast at gmail.com. 
And please like and review us five stars wherever you're listening to this. And I will also say really quick, if you could just tell your friends about us. Like if you're enjoying this at all, or if you just hate Tom King and you're like, these people share my point of view, <laughs> tell your friends because that's the best way of getting it out there. It's just sharing it with people. But we'd love to stay in chat. But Ice King just stole another princess, and so Jake's got to take care of that, and I'm going to be baking pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Put them in a pan. Bye, guys. (laughs) See ya. (laughs)